Want to teach your kids financial literacy, but not sure where to start? Greenlight can help. With Greenlight, parents can keep an eye on kids' spending and saving, while kids and teens use a card of their own to build money confidence. As a parent, you can send instant money transfers, set up chores, automate allowance, and more. It's a convenient way to run your household, customized to your family's needs, and the easy way to raise financially smart kids. Get started with Greenlight today and get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. This is a Vault Studios production. I'm Reed Redmond. I'm Will Johnson. The show contains graphic material and is meant for mature audiences. This week on True Crime Chronicles. A dark night in September 1993, somebody dragged a body through the brush. Yeah, those, that was the name that always run, went around. It is imperative as we move forward to try this case in the courtroom. I thought I needed an alibi to where I was. What for? And they don't have any proof. You, the jury, you now know what happened to Mandy Steingasser. It's been more than 28 years since 17-year-old Mandy Steingasser was last seen alive. She went missing at the end of what was later described in court as an alcohol-fueled night out with friends in North Tonawanda, New York, a night that ended with her getting into the car of a classmate, 18-year-old Joseph Belstadt. The night starts out with a party, uh, according to the testimony in the trial. Dave McKinley, a reporter with WGRZ in Buffalo, has been covering this case for years. After which, at some point, Joseph Belstadt says that uh, he gave Mandy Steingasser a ride in his car and that that was the last time he'd ever seen her. Belstadt later told police he was going to drive Mandy home, but instead dropped her off in town just a few minutes after she'd gotten into the car. He approached them and he had told them that, yeah, I was with her last night and this is the last I'd seen of her. The last person to see Steingasser alive was a male classmate who told police he dropped her off near this church at the corner of Oliver and First. This all would have taken place in the early morning hours of September 20th, 1993. But if that's what happened, Nobody else was around to see it. There were two witnesses that said they saw her entering Joe Belstadt's car, but no one saw him, as I recall, uh, drop her off. That was pretty much his word that uh, uh, he had dropped her off and she was alive and well when he did. Uh, Also telling police at one point there was someone waiting for her. Ready to start talking to your kids about financial literacy? Meet Greenlight, the debit card and money app that teaches kids and teens how to earn, save, spend wisely, and invest with your guardrails in place. Parents can send instant money transfers, automate allowance, and more. Plus, keep an eye on spending with real-time notifications. Join more than 6 million families building healthy financial habits together on Greenlight. Get your first month free at greenlight.com slash odyssey. That's greenlight.com slash odyssey. The next day, North Tonawanda police began searching for Mandy Steingasser. Following Mandy Steingasser's disappearance in September of 1993, more than a month would go by without 
any sign of her. Mandy Steingasser, at the age of 17, was last seen on September 19, 1993, around 1.30 a.m. at the corner of Fifth Avenue and Oliver Street here in the city of North Tonawanda. Until October 25, 1993, when a pair of mushroom hunters were out searching around an overgrown ravine in a county park in Lewiston, New York at the time known as Bond Lake Park. Hikers discovered her decomposed body near Bonds Lake in Lewiston. She was found dumped down a steep ravine. Her pants were ripped and unzipped, partially pulled down, exposing her underwear. Her bra was tied around her neck. Cause of death at this point has been undetermined, but we are ruling it as a homicide. No human being should be left like that. No human being. An autopsy would find Mandy Steingasser had been strangled to death. Everyone misses her and wish it couldn't have happened. I can't believe it. She was too young to die. In the fall of 1993, teenagers consoled each other as they walked out of North Tonawanda High School in tears. Their classmate Mandy Steingasser's body had been found in Lewiston just a month after she'd gone missing. 500 people attended her funeral. Shock, shock. It wouldn't take long for the investigation into who killed Mandy Steingasser to begin to zero in on the last person known to have seen her alive, Joseph Belstadt, and his story about what he did that night after he said he dropped Mandy off. It wasn't consistent. There was one uh, uh, occasion early on where uh, Belstadt cooked up a story uh, when he was uh, knew that he was under suspicion uh, that he had gone to uh, Canada. And that was at a suggestion of a friend. Say, hey, tell him you went to Canada and I was with you. But that story fell apart. And so he later had to say, well, he wasn't in Canada uh, at the time he said he was. Belstadt said he went to Canada, but then recanted that story. Does that mean he killed Mandy Steingasser? Well, no, not necessarily, but it, it showed that he lied to the cops uh, right in the beginning. But at the time, whatever their suspicions might have been, investigators did not have enough evidence to make an arrest. We said that uh, this person killed her. No question in your mind, right? None whatsoever. You don't have enough evidence to prosecute? No. And the case went unsolved for decades until the late 2010s when investigators decided to give it another look. Using modern technology, to try to gain new insights from old evidence. Well, they never really, of course, closed it. There was always interest in resolving it. And uh, the district attorney at the time, her name was Carolyn Lotasic, uh, in 2018 or thereabouts shortly before then, they decided to have the evidence retested with more sophisticated means. Back in the 90s, investigators had collected hair and fiber samples which they weren't able to do much with at the time. But using modern technology, they were able to determine pubic hairs found in Joseph Belstadt's car belonged to Mandy Steingasser. Roots that could not have been readily tested in 1993, but now with the advances made in forensic DNA analysis, lab personnel were able to confirm both hairs were indeed from Mandy Steingasser. They were also able to confirm carpet fibers recovered from Mandy Steingasser's body had come from the inside of Belstadt's car. So through this evidence, you can 
I suppose uh, you could say, well, this definitely proves that she was in his car, uh, but it doesn't necessarily provide you any timeline nor prove that uh, he was the one who killed her. It was, however, enough evidence for investigators to make an arrest. Uh, we're here today to announce the arrest of a suspect in the Mandy Steingasser cold case homicide. On April 24th, 2018, nearly 25 years after Mandy Steingasser's murder, investigators showed up at the home of Joseph Belstadt around 6.10 p.m. Belstadt had just driven home from work, and investigators say he initially rolled up his vehicle's windows and locked the doors, but they were eventually able to coax him out of the vehicle and place him under arrest. The following day, Investigators held a press conference to announce the arrest to the public. The North Tonawanda Police Department executed an arrest warrant last evening for Joseph H. Belstadt for the murder of Mandy Lynn Steingasser. Belstadt, age 43, of Tonawanda, has been charged with, the mur- with murder in the second degree by the Niagara County Grand Jury. He was arraigned before Judge Sarah Sheldon today at 1.30 and is being held on 250 cash bail, $500,000 property. At this press conference, the Niagara County District Attorney made it clear that her office would be pursuing a jury trial. It is imperative as we move forward to try this case in the courtroom. This case was a priority from the moment I took office as District Attorney and underscores our commitment to unsolved crimes here in Niagara County. We leave no one behind. I will handle this case permanently, along with second assistant district attorney, Mary Jean Bowman, and assistant district attorney, John Grancelli. I will not make any further comment at this time. If convicted at trial, Belstadt would face a sentence of life in prison. The trial would begin two years later, on March 12, 2020. Like many other trials taking place in March of 2020, it would soon be derailed. Joe Belstow was finally brought to trial, but two days later, due to the pandemic, which cropped up, the uh, trial was canceled. And then it did not resume until uh, this past fall in uh, 2021. Almost 30 years after a teenager's body was found decomposing near a lake in Niagara County, her accused killer went on trial today. The trial began again on October 25th, 2021, 28 years to the day after Mandy Steingasser's body was found in Bond Lake Park. Prosecutors set out to prove that Belstadt, now 46 years old, had gotten away with murder that entire time and that he killed Mandy Steingasser after she rebuffed his advances on that September night in 1993. We will prove through reasonable, rational, logical evidence that the defendant fractured Mandy's skull and strangled her with her own bra, heartlessly draining the breath from her body. In opening statements, they brought up the story Belstadt initially told investigators about going to Canada after dropping Mandy off. She was only in my car for a few minutes. I thought I needed an alibi to where I was. What for? Well, the prosecution is telling a story that we've long suspected this person, that we have evidence now that can definitively link him to the crime and that you, the jury, should believe that he did this. Belstadt's defense, in its opening statement, stuck to the story that Belstadt had dropped Mandy off 
shortly after she got into his car that night. Joe told the police, same thing he's been saying for 28 years. I was gonna take her home, but she told me she wanted to check on her friends. He's been a target for 28 years. The safest thing that she did that night was get in the car with Joe. Of course, his defense was saying, and correctly so, that um, it, it, the case was largely circumstantial. And I, I think it was it was a challenging case for prosecutors. There were some witnesses from those many years ago who, quite frankly, uh, weren't alive anymore uh, or who they couldn't find. So it, the story really relied on prosecutors' um, ability to convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt that Joe Belstadt had indeed uh, been the one who was the killer of uh, Mandy Steingasser. The trial stretched on for weeks, featuring 45 witnesses and hundreds of exhibits before both the prosecution and the defense rested their cases. And I don't think there ever was a smoking gun moment, you know, where where the, the everyone's jaws dropped in the courtroom. I don't know if you could say there was a star witness other than, you know, the police who had investigated and had uh, talked to Belstadt years before and, and who had always suspected him. Well, the jury has been hearing closing arguments today in the trial of Joseph Belstadt. He is charged with murder in the death of 17-year-old Mandy Steingasser of North Tonawanda all the way back in 1993. Tony Sides' Dave McKinley was in the courtroom earlier today. Dave? This trial, Scott, has stretched more than three weeks and featured 45 witnesses, the credibility of whom, along with the evidence, came under heavy attack by Belstadt's lawyer this afternoon. In a nearly two-and-a-half-hour summation, Belstadt's attorney, Michelle Bergevin, reminded jurors the case against her client is largely circumstantial. Though Belstadt was the last known person to have been seen with Mandy Steingasser while she was alive and before her body was found in a park five weeks later, she insists the cops viewed her client as low-hanging fruit in their effort to make a case against someone and took particular aim at a man called to the stand by prosecutors who she claimed that while he was in prison with Belstadt 20 years ago, this man claimed that Belstadt told him about being involved in a threesome in his car during which a girl was strangled. A witness, his lawyer, openly referred to as the fraudster. He was doing a favor for the cops. Who did him a favor? Saved him seven years. That fraudster is their star witness. Does that sound desperate to you? She noted that the absence of what would have been several key witnesses from the initial investigation 28 years ago, many of whom have died, and others who had trouble recollecting details from way back then. With each major point made, Bergevin would come back to the same catchphrase when pointing to her client and saying, it wasn't Joe. She did that more than a dozen times. And they don't have any proof, except all of these disjointed parts these disjointed bricks that they're trying to put together with no order, none of them fit. In its closing argument, the prosecution contended there was evidence beyond a reasonable doubt that Joseph Belstadt killed Mandy Steingasser. You, the jury, you now know what happened to Mandy Steingasser. 
And now it's time for you to hold this defendant accountable for this crime. From there, the case would be put into the hands of a jury. After receiving their final instructions from the judge early this morning, the jury began its deliberations just after 10 o'clock. However, after working throughout the day and quitting at five, they had not reached a verdict, so they will return to the courtroom here tomorrow morning. You just never know what the jury is going to believe and if you could convince 12 of them beyond a reasonable doubt uh, of someone's guilt. Uh, so I never got a real sense one way or another. And of course, this, the jury ended up deliberating over uh, two days and spent 10 hours doing so. I just remember seeing that uh, even up to the end, uh, thinking that I, I don't know which way this one's gonna go. On November 16th, 2021, the jury reached a verdict. Well, a Niagara County Court jury has convicted a man of a killing that took place nearly 30 years ago. This afternoon, Joseph Belstadt was found guilty of murder in the death of Mandy Steingasser back in 1993. In a case like this, there's so many pieces of evidence, and, and you can't point to one piece of evidence to say that this is the piece of evidence. Um, there were many, many pieces of evidence, and the jury had to do the very difficult job of putting it all together, and they did. Among those who exchanged hugs with the Steingasser family who let out a cheer when the guilty verdict was announced was 85-year-old Gabe DiBernardo. He was the lead detective on the case after Steingasser's body was found in Bond Lake Park in October of 1993, some five weeks after the 17-year-old was last seen in the company of Bellstadt, who was then a high school acquaintance. Oh, God. My emotions just ran wild. I just... For a minute, I, I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it after 28 years, Dave. I couldn't believe it. And I had to talk to my one of my lead detectives, and I said, did you hear what I heard? And I said, he's guilty after 28 years, Dave. Belstad had long been a suspect in the case, but it took 25 years to mount the evidence to bring charges. After Bernardo's retirement, Thomas Krantz took over the case. In 2003, he is now the city's police chief. I'm very grateful that the case is over, and like I said before, I'm hoping, you know, the Steingasser family and her friends can have some type of closure, even though I know it'll never be, you know, never be closed in their heart. Joseph Belstadt, who had been free on bond throughout the trial, was remanded into custody and led out of the courtroom in handcuffs. About two months later, in January of this year, he would appear in court again for sentencing. During today's sentencing, Mandy's mother, Lorraine Steingasser made an emotional plea to the judge. She said he has been free for 28 years and he should be sentenced for no less. However, Bellstadt's defense attorney stood her ground that he is innocent. The jury got it wrong. Bellstadt, who has maintained his innocence, took the opportunity to speak to the judge and Mandy's family. I would like to say to Mandy's friends and family, I am truly sorry for the pain and suffering y'all have gone through over all these years. But I am not the person who killed Mandy. I am innocent. I have been saying that since day one. My response to that is that we put the evidence before a jury and a jury found this defendant guilty beyond a reasonable doubt. And the jury's verdict stands and they, made, they, they found the proper verdict in this case. Joseph Belstadt, was sentenced to 25 years to life 
in prison. Joe Belstadt ultimately received a 25 year to life sentence, which in New York State is the longest sentence you can receive for the crime that he was convicted of, which is murder in the second degree. For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson, here along with Reed Redman. Reed, I wanted to ask you a few questions about this case. In one of the news clips, we also heard a reaction to the verdict from a retired chief of detectives. Dave McKinley actually tracked him down right outside the courtroom that day, right? That's right, Will. He told me that former North Tonawanda chief of detectives, Gabe DiBernardo, who's in his 80s now, attended all of the pretrial hearings, all of the days of testimony, He sat next to the Steingasser family, and of course, as we heard, he was there for the verdict. And what Dave told me is that he'd talked to DiBernardo over the years and and wanted to talk to him on camera, but what DiBernardo always said is, is, let's wait until this is all over. Let's wait until we've gotten justice. And so after the verdict, he finally agreed to talk on camera. And you could hear the emotion in his voice. Dave said that he was tearing up as he kind of said, you know, finally, after 28 years, Belstadt's been found guilty. Reed, something else we heard Dave McKinley talk about is that this was a case without a smoking gun, that it was largely circumstantial. And we hear about cases all the time that are circumstantial. In this case, what exactly does that mean? Yeah, well, this is something that comes up a lot. I'm sure we've dug into it on this show before, but you know, there are two main types of evidence in any criminal case. There's your direct evidence and circumstantial evidence. Direct evidence is anything that directly ties a defendant to a crime. So evidence that doesn't really leave a jury to connect any dots on its own. For example, a confession or a witness testifying that they saw the defendant commit the crime. Circumstantial evidence is also known as indirect evidence. So it's any evidence that doesn't directly point to what happened, but still adds to the overall body of evidence. The example that I always like to give is after a bank robbery, if someone is found a couple blocks away with a duffel bag full of cash, that's circumstantial evidence. There could be an innocent explanation for that, but the circumstances seem to imply that the person committed the robbery. And so when we talk about a case being circumstantial, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's not strong evidence that a defendant committed a crime. People are convicted on circumstantial evidence all the time. What it usually means is that prosecutors need to present enough circumstantial evidence to convince a jury beyond a reasonable doubt of guilt. So if we're going back to that bank robbery example, maybe a jury says the defendant being found with that duffel bag of cash isn't enough evidence on its own. But maybe there's a gun registered to the defendant that was left at the bank. Maybe there's eyewitness testimony from someone who saw him with an empty duffel bag outside the bank right before the robbery. Maybe police found blueprints of the bank at the defendant's home. Slowly but surely, you can get to that standard of of proving that a defendant committed the crime beyond a reasonable doubt, and that's the point at which a, a jury would convict. And that's what happened here. The prosecution presented a lot of circumstantial evidence, the DNA, the testimony from witnesses who saw Mandy Steingasser get in the car, things like that. And, and in the end, the, the jury at least was convinced by it. All right. Thanks once again to Dave McKinley at WGRZ in Buffalo for his help this week. Thanks for listening to True Crime Chronicles, new episodes every week. And we'd like to tell you about a new show we have launching this week. It's called Locked Inside. It's co-production of 12 News in Phoenix and Vault Studios, hosted by 12 News investigative reporter Erica Stapleton. Listen and follow to Locked Inside wherever you listen to podcasts. First episode goes live Tuesday, April 12th, with new episodes to follow weekly after that. 
For True Crime Chronicles, I'm Will Johnson, along with Reed Redman. We'll be back next week with a new case and a new story. 